Top 5, a show where we stack them up and count them down. Stacks of wax, some eight tracks maybe even. Wheels of Steel coming at you 24-7 here on the big KFHS. Sorry. Welcome to Top 5. Hi everyone, I'm Steven Schleicher. Joining me this week is Matthew Peterson and Rodrigo Lopez. Way to just... Yeah, it's Rodrigo. Way to step over that. Sorry. <laughs> real nice. Real, real nice there, Matthew. All right, here we... Like it was time for me to talk. No. Uh, this uh, this week, top five motivational songs, uh, as suggested by you, the dear listener. Uh, top five motivational songs the person writes in. This could be anything from getting you pumped up as you're driving to work or getting dressed in the morning or simply trying to get motivated after you come back from lunch to finish your day. What song, when you hear it, doesn't matter how run down you are, manages to bring you back to the land of the living? That is this week's top five. Top five motivational songs. I'm going to start off with one. Uh, f- uh, my number five is Ohio, Come Back to Texas from Bowling for Soup. There's something about this song about everybody who wants you back and you don't need them back. And if you've listened to the um, extended bonus track version of it, it gets really kind of fun. And there's just something about that song that when I hear it, my energy perks up. I get a little bit excited about uh, what task is coming up next. And I feel I can uh, handle it with, uh, with Bowling for Soup. So Bowling for Soup's Ohio, that is my number five. I don't know how that one goes. Yeah, you should listen to it sometime. Rodrigo, what do you have for your number five? Uh, my number five is kind of a... Uh, it, it's not like a, a really like pumped up song. It's just kind of a song about having self-confidence, potentially a uh, rapey amount of self-confidence. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, Maybe a little too much. Yeah, yeah a little, little too much self-confidence. It's, it's a Sunshine Superman by uh, Donovan. Um it's a it's a '60s classic in which he says that he's cooler than Superman and Green Lantern. Um, First uh, pop culture reference to Green Lantern, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's right up there with uh, Magneto battles the Titanium Man and like that, that that used to be kind of like real obscure stuff back in the day, right? Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's like, it's just a, a real confidence builder and it's mellow. You know, I think a lot of the time people think about like songs to get themselves pumped, uh, mm-hmm. but I think kind of a, 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 a uh, you know, instead of like jumping three flights of stairs in one go, just get yourself a ramp, just a steady ramp that gets you over where you're going. That's Sunshine Superman. Awesome. Matthew, what do you have for number five? Well, my number five is exactly what Rodrigo's number five was not meant to be. Rather than a steady ramp, it is a flat-out shot out of a cannon open. And the thing that really, really builds about this song is it starts with this guitar riff, and then Ronnie James Dio starts screaming, and then the drums kick in, and then it's basically three and a half minutes of carnage. And the place that I was uh, introduced to the song, The Mob Rules uh, by Black Sabbath, was in Heavy Metal, which is a movie I've referred to many, many times on this particular show and others. But the sequence that actually uses it in the movie is the barbarian horde sweeping down the hill to wipe out the, the stronghold city. And it's a terrible moment, and it's a really, really bad image, you know, optically speaking, from from a maybe a, a metaphorical perspective. It's a poor choice. But there's something about that song that always 
gets me motivated. And whether that motivation is to just metaphorically murder anything in front of me or not, it always works because it's a song that just basically says, there is nothing that can stop you. Destroy them all. I am Ronnie James Dio, a rainbow in the sky. <laughs> and then, of course, it ends with a really solid blank, which is always great for a motivational song because it allows that song to keep going in your head and just cycle and cycle and cycle throughout the day, no matter how many people yell at you or how many times Stephen calls you a butthead. Thank you, butthead, for your number five. Now we're moving on to our number fours. Uh, there's times where you have work to do, whether it be vacuum cleaning or dusting or washing the dishes or just, you know, uh, mundane stuff like cleaning out your car. If you need something to get you moving, something to get you happy about your work, you need to listen to one band and one band only, and that is ABBA and Dancing Queen. Mm. That is my number four. If you don't know the song, I don't know how you don't know the song because it's been ingrained in our popular culture now for 30, 40, almost 40 years. And it is a wonderful, wonderful tune. And uh, if if you don't like ABBA, perhaps you might want to go listen to the uh, knockoff cover band, the A-Teens. They also have a version of Dancing Queen. It's a little bit poppier and a little bit more modern, but I got to go with the classic. My number four, Dancing Queen from ABBA. There's a song out there right now that really uh, yes. heavily borrows from Dancing Queen. Oh, yeah? What's and it called? I, I can't even remember. I don't know. I can't track it down because I keep hearing it at work and I can't understand the lyrics because the I work at the yeah. back of the store. <laughs> so I can't hear what they're saying, but I can tell that it's like a, nor a different song and then the chorus is basically Dancing Queen. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my uh, my radio is constantly stuck on uh, 70s on 7 on the XM, so I get to listen nice. to Dancing Queen probably about three times a week. So nice. that is really nice. Rodrigo, what do you have for number four? My uh, number four is a song that is there because uh, when I need to be motivated, I, I kind of sometimes need to like embody something that is like efficient or powerful. Or something like that. And I always think, what could be better like that than a robot? So I listened to uh, Skrillex's uh, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. Mm -hmm. Because that's a song that makes you feel like you're a robot. That is like slightly <laughs> malfunctioning. Um, is that the one that sounds like C-3PO in a blender? Uh, yeah. Uh, but you, I, I think you could argue that of most of Skrillex's songs. This is this is the Skrillex song that you've heard, the one that they actually right. like, played on the radio and stuff. I, I've never this heard is, Skrillex, but this is the one I've heard. Yep, pretty much. Uh, I, I bet you you have. I bet you you've seen a commercial or something that played this song. This song was like popular like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like when you need to move forward. Then you listen to the song until the beat drops, and then you kind of have to stand in place and go like, so it's it can be counterproductive if you if you don't get far enough with work. So that's my number four: scary monsters and nice sprites. Excellent, Matthew. What do you have for number four? My number four is kind of an anomaly for me because I grew up in central Kansas or as, you know, the universe generally refers to it, the middle of nowhere. Mm. And I grew up with a healthy disregard for the, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The lexicon, if you will, of country music. Country music in the late 60s and early 70s was a lot of steel guitar and a lot of very twangy voices and kind of like that. So it's weird that my number four is actually heavily influenced by the very music that I grew up hating, or maybe it just makes perfect sense. But in 1968, when Peter Tork left the Monkees, Mike Nesmith actually went to Nashville and assembled a group of uh, session players who would later become the first national band, which if you know who the first national band are, they're basically the session players of 70s country music in Nashville. And one of the songs that he cut was a song called Good Clean Fun. Now, in the Michael Nesmith tradition, the words good, clean, fun do not appear in the song at all. It's a song about flying home to meet his beloved, and she's standing in the crowd as the airplane comes down and lands, and it's just this upbeat thing with a heavy fiddle and a steel guitar and a darn, 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 darn. Basically, the music that I grew up hating, but by the time I heard it in college, I was far enough away from my derision of that to actually understand the the appeal of the music that I grew up disliking. So Good Clean Fun, my number four, is a song that I will never skip on my MP3 player. And as anyone who's ever ridden with me in a car will tell you, those are rarities. There are maybe nine, ten of them, and five of them are on this list. So any song that you can't skip through when it pops up and you hear those first few seconds of the song – that's definitely going to be the motivator for me. Are you someone that skips through your songs very frequently? Oh, God, yes. I'll listen mm. to about five seconds of a song and go, nope, not feeling it. And I'll push the button. I'll get to the next one. I'll go, nope. And by the time so, the three girls in the car start screaming at me, yeah. I'll usually find one that I want to listen to all the way through. Okay. So I'm just curious, why then are those songs on your MP3 player? Well, because I am large and I contain multitudes and they're all wonderful songs that I want to hear. Just not right now. Yeah, I mean, I I keep multiple playlists mm-hmm. um, and very frequently find myself skipping through things. And that's that's a good sign that a playlist has kind of run its course um, <laughs> or that a song doesn't belong in that particular playlist. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do is I just create playlists of things that I know I'm going to want to listen to in that in that collection, even if you put it on random as I opposed do- to just let's load up the entire library and hit random yeah load up the entire library hit random and and just bounce your way through it because that's a good way to yeah that's a good way to listen to stuff that you haven't listened to in a while that you're not thinking about presently you're like ah i forgot that i had one adam ant song in my collection (laughs) yes yeah or if you're like uh, my number three you have all 23 albums of the bare naked ladies and Mm -hmm. in that collection you have one week because that is a song that will get you up and moving around. And uh, if you don't know how to uh, sing along to the rhymes So like I said, there's someone who doesn't know how to yeah, sing along just, to the rhymes. You just scat sing through it. like, like no, you're you got to know all the words because they're really cool when you get through it. And it's just a song that uh, when you hear it come on, it's got a, a, a happy beat tune that makes you want to bounce up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time you're, you're done with it, uh, you realize that arguing with uh, with whoever you're arguing with is really kind of kind of silly, and so the it's chickety uh, China. 
Chickity China, Chinese the Chinese chicken. chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops ticking. Watching X Files with no lights on. Hey, careful. Oh, that's don't, 30 seconds. Yeah, that you, we, no, that's, that's 30 seconds. Your uh, lawyer's that's advice that we stop. Nope, here. because that's a cover. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I really dig one week. It was a fantastic uh, song when I first uh, heard it. Oh, what uh, what album was that on? I forget now. Uh, that, it's from it's from uh, it's from Stunt. Yeah, Stunt, which was Everywhere. oddly enough a later album that I you know that I discovered uh, of theirs. But it was um, because I'd been listening to them since early nineties. Since since Gordon, yeah, since Gordon or Pirate Ship, I forget which one was mm-hmm. which one came first. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really fun song. One week from Bare Naked Ladies, and that is my number three. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? My number three is a song from a show. Um, it is a song about perseverance and about never giving up on sitting on a porch. Um, <laughs> and that is uh, The Cat Came Back from the Muppet, from the old Muppet show. Uh, Rolf sings it. And I think it's an old standard. Right. Um, but I definitely like the Muppet version. They shoot a cat, a Muppet cat out of a cannon in it. Um, but <laughs> it's just, you know, it is like kind of like a little country ditty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, um, it's, it's cute and it's upbeat and it's, you know, kind of, uh, the sort of thing that'll get you through at least a few uh, pages of paperwork or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's catchy. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. That is your number three. Matthew, what do you have for number three? My number three, speaking of cats, cat, go away. My number three is actually the most modern song on my list. And like virtually every song past about 2004, I actually encountered it in a video game. Um, specifically SmackDown versus Raw 2010, mm-hmm. where it first showed up as CM Punk's entrance music. It's from uh, now, Bruce refers to them as new metal with a U and an umlaut, mm-hmm. which I think is is meant to be derisive. Uh, but it's a band called Kill Switch Engage, and the song is called This Fire. And it's basically, essentially, it's one of those I am songs. It's a statement of purpose, and the, that purpose is I'm going to go out and I'm going to bust some things up. It's, it's basically this uh, screechy guy singing like this! But it's really amazing with an incredible guitar and this really, really heavy bass beat. And basically, he will not be defeated by anything ever. The world cannot hold him down. He will destroy it all because the fire continues to burn. And if you if you think about it, if you're in my shoes, let's say you're 44 years old and you, you have a job that's basically sort of um, ineffectual middle management suck up. And you kind of go through your life in a general state of, can you start my orange? It's nice every once in a while to really get your blood pumping. And this song is just great for it because for the length of this song, I am CM Punk. I will hit you with a table or cotton candy or whatever I have. And I will not be defeated by whatever stands against me. And that's the kind of thing that you just, you can't pay enough for that song. Oddly enough, since I got it on the, uh, video game i actually technically didn't have to pay for it because i bought the video game and it just sort of came in the package it's another one that i never ever skip on the mp3 player this fire you should go check it out it's an awesome song 
Awesome. Uh, man, we're already up to number two. This is right. a standard, and I'm, 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 I'm going because this one is one that does get me pumped up. If I'm going to go out and do exercise, if I'm going to go out and uh, start a brawl, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to uh, <laughs> Minnie the Moocher, is yes, it Minnie that's, the ex- Moocher? that's exactly it. No, I'm talking uh, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, oh. uh, your classic motivational song. <laughs> yeah, I mean just that bump, 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 bump. You know when you kind hear of thing that, that makes you want to beat up Mr. T, don't it? Yeah, if you if you know how to do it, uh, but. Um, but yeah, there's something about that song that no matter, I think it's so ingrained in our popular culture now that when you hear it, your blood starts pumping, your heart starts going a little faster, you start really, you know, doing some fist pumping, uh, you start air boxing, shadow boxing, uh, you imagine that you're running up a bunch of flight of stairs, maybe you are running up a flight of stairs, God, and uh, you've got uh, Eye of the Tiger in your own personal headphone soundtrack. So that's my number two. Rising up. Rising you're up. back on the streets. I am. You did your time. You took your chances. Yeah. Rodrigo, what do you have for number two? Let me see. Hmm. Uh, My number two is another song from a show. Uh, It is from the Steven Universe animation cartoon program. Yes. Um, And it's actually a song that in the show is meant to be a motivational song, but also... um, as things in Steven Universe often are, it's also kind of a a plea for a different way of looking at things. It's a strong in the real way from mm. the uh, Coach Steven episode, um, and it has a it has a real like '80s training montage um, sound. I think specifically because they were spoofing an '80s training montage in the um, in the show, but it also stands on its own. Uh, as a as a musical piece, so uh, for me that that song is what does it. I thought you were going to say like a comet. You know, like a comet is a little bit slower, and it's. Uh, I'm not crazy about like a comet, honestly. Uh, it's it's I not love like a comet. Yeah, actually, all the songs that they've kind of given Greg, I'm not as into, which is interesting because it means they're consistent about the way that each of the mm-hmm. characters expresses themselves through song and it's like mm-hmm. i kind of don't like greg's songs which means that they're giving him a very specific sound yeah i i kind of uh you know i feel for the old uh washed up dad <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care he's rich yeah that's true that's true that song made him a 10 million dollars baby yeah. yep 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 matthew what do you have for number two my number two is one of the earliest interactions that i had with philosophy in a musical context because i didn't really get into the beatles when i was a child my grandmother was a big fan of elvis in his gospel phase and my grandfather basically listened to hank williams senior so you can also see where my introduction to and loathing of the the twangity music comes but there came a time and it was i want to say maybe sixth or seventh grade so this song was several years old at the time but i was sitting and i was listening to my little uh, wrist radio, had a little strap. It was an AM uh, kind of hi-fi thing. And the song came on and it spoke to me and it told me the riddles of the world. And it said to me thus, in and around the lakes, mountains come out of the sky Mm. and stand there. Now to this day, I have no idea what that means, but 
I'll be darned if I cannot tell you that that lyric is not the most profound thing I've ever heard. Roundabout by, yes, one of the really wacky, progressive, doodly-doodly groups yep. of the late 60s, early 70s. It's an incredible song, and you can't sing along with this song. The main reason why is that nobody knows all the lyrics to this song. This song just... And, it's well, and like so much, so much of it, yeah, so much of it are doodlies too. Yeah, there's well, there's like a three minute break that's just doodly, 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 doodly. But when you actually get to the point that starts singing, the singer goes really ridiculously high, and then he comes back down. The roundabout. It's an amazing song, and the best part is, you can actually visualize the roundabout in the song. If you've ever seen like a roundabout when you're driving, because we have them everywhere in Topeka now, it's actually there. They're they're somehow built into the structure of the music and the song. And I to this day, I can't tell you what it means, but I can tell you that it means something and that something is important. So, you know, it's basically the musical equivalent of building Devil's Tower out of mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. in the middle of the kitchen table. And there's no way that I'm going to walk away from something that awesome. So roundabout by yes, my number two. Wow. We have made it all the way up to number one in record time. Ah, get one. it? Record? Ah. <laughs> Nobody gets that anymore, Stephen. <laughs> oh. CD time don't mean nothing. You know what we should do? We should get to our number ones. Uh, Are you sure? We yes. Can get to my like number records. one. My okay. number one is mm-hmm. a very, very, very old song. Going all the way back to 1824. Is it Manny the Moocher? <laughs> Deaf at the time, if you believe the stories, Beethoven tinkling away on his piano. <laughs> <laughs> Until they told him, no, no, sit down. <laughs> I'm not talking about Beethoven's second movement. No, I'm talking about Beethoven's ninth symphony. <laughs> the entire thing. Not just not just the the now the ode to joy part, the final movement of Beethoven's uh, Ninth Symphony is fantastic just by itself, because this is the thing where everything swells up. You've got a chorus singing. You've got some, you know, the 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 horns and the violins and everyone's just making this beautiful, wonderful music that will blow you away and bring you to tears every time. But. And I know that a lot of people just like, well, we'll just play Ode to Joy and that'll be it. But you have to really experience the entire symphony in one go because there are bits and and um, and segments that repeat itself and come in and come out. And it tells a wonderful motivational thing. And I honestly, when I get done with some uh, a big piece of work, whatever it may be, covering the San Diego Comic-Con or working on a big project and getting it done in time. As soon as it's done, Beethoven's Ninth comes on and it is time to celebrate and be motivated for things that have been accomplished. It is the best motivational song of all time. Beethoven's <laughs> Ninth Symphony, if people want to get more specific than we can say, it's the Ode to Joy, the, the final movement. But uh, Beethoven, man, what a guy. Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. You know, before the, the Ode to Joy, there was the Ode to Nelly and then the Ode to Aranya. So you got that going for you as well. Rodrigo, what do you have for number one? <laughs> I'm uh, glad you num- got that joke, Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my number one is uh, a song that uh, 
I encountered at a very specific moment in my life, and that's probably why I like it as much as I do. And so uh, you guys will figure out how this is how this gets there. But mm. there's a few there. I've encountered several songs, especially in like the country and like southern rock genre, mm-hmm. that are all about being bored. Yeah, and about the trouble that kids get to get into when they're bored. Um, and so I had moved to Kansas and I encountered four kicks by Kings of Leon. Mm. Um, this song is all about people having nothing to do and getting into fights. Um, and I could see it. I'm like, you know, there's not that much to do out here. Definitely not for kids to do, um, except run around and get into fights. So, um, I hope they're playing eye of the tiger. Yeah, they're uh, they definitely uh, are. Um, they're actually they're actually playing uh, when you're a jet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, four cool. kicks. Crazy. Yeah. Cool. Four kicks is a song that is upbeat. It's aggressive. It's uh, unintelligible. If you've heard anything by Kings of Leon, you know you can't understand anything the lead singer says. I literally Uh, didn't know that it said sex on fire until the first time I did that for karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do, don't do a Kings of Leon song for karaoke unless you've, (laughs) you've inspected the lyrics ahead of time (laughs) because they're kind of weird sometimes and they're very frequently sexual. Um, uh, but yeah, four kicks. If you actually need to ramp up to, uh, 60 in just a few seconds, then four kicks is a song for you. Excellent. All right, Matthew, it is down to you. What is your number one? Ooh, we're going to top it. We're going to top it. The year is 1978. The world is mired in disco. Even the mighty Bee Gees have fallen. But then there arose a savior, one man from somewhere in Britain and or Scotland. I'm not sure. He has an accent. And that man's name is Jerry Rafferty. And that man came to save the world with the greatest song in the world right now. That isn't actually the greatest song in the world. That's a Tenacious D song. This song is called Baker Street. Mm -hmm. And it starts with this low, mellow saxophone that suddenly just picks up and starts blowing you out the doors. And it's just really this weird, beautiful, quiet song about the changes that happen to life. But it has this soaring kind of melody at the end. So you'll get to the point where he'll talk quietly about these things that are happening. And then the saxophone will be like, da, 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 da. And just, it's, it's this strange thing where the slow parts of the song sort of prepare you for the soaring, screaming saxophone moments. It's like, it's like a roller coaster ride and you have to just hang on and sing along. It's one of the songs that when I'm, when I'm playing Grand Theft Auto five, it's on the soundtrack. No matter what I'm doing, no matter what ridiculous, stupid quest for shooting people in the face that the game has said, okay, shoot nine people in the face or whatever the stupid thing says. If I'm driving along, sometimes I will stop and park the car and just and listen. shoot nine people in the face? No, sit oh. and listen to Baker Street oh. in the imaginary character's car. Or even better, run screaming from the police as Baker Street plays on the radio because mm. it's really, really awesome. And the, the good part about it is uh, Foo Fighters did a cover of the song yeah. with uh, guitars in place of the saxophone. And it's such a strong song that even a change of that magnitude doesn't wreck it. 
You know, the Foo Fighters version is pretty good. It's, I mean, it's no, it's not Jerry Rafferty good, but it's still better than a lot of the stuff that I've heard from the Foo Fighters. Not that they're bad, certainly. They're just not Baker Street, the, the greatest song in the world right now. Uh, ask me tomorrow. I'm sure the answer will be different, but that's definitely my, my number one for any and all lists ever throughout perpetuity. That's going to be problem, troublesome, especially when we get to some of those future topics. Oh, I'm sure it'll change like top, tomorrow. But. Top five places to bury a dead body. <laughs> Baker Street. I mean, come yeah. on. That's like. Yeah. Top five uh, overused references in Sherlock Holmes fiction. Uh, Baker Street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, top five places that sound like it should be a drug den, but really mm -hmm. aren't Baker Street. The top five jokes Matthew will run into the ground. Baker uh, Street. The, I mean, son, just it's not going to work. It's not going to it's not going to work. I'm sorry. That, that one doesn't even make the top no, five. Right. So there you go. All right, everybody. There you go you with our top five jokes. That's as bad as me doing all the jokes. It's just, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, that is our top five. And uh, thank you, Matthew. And thank you, Rodrigo, for that. It's a really quick episode, but that's okay because we have given you a list of some fantastic music. 15 songs that you can now go out and collect over on iTunes or over on Amazon using that link at Majorspoilers.com. You can buy all these songs and listen to them until the next time we meet again because everybody loves a list. You guys just go ahead and do top five. I'll just come back once you cool down. <laughs> <laughs>